This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, all the way from Lagos, Nigeria, I have Adeshino, who has created one kiosk Africa. Now, a lot of you have an interest in Africa. I get the emails, the calls, the WhatsApps, Telegram. I want to know more. Give me some more of that African game. Show me. Well, this is going to be crucial, and I'll tell you why when Adeshino explains what One Kiosk Africa does and why this is such a great thing. Welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you very much, Helen. Uh, great to be here on this amazing show. Well, thank you for, for being here, and I want you to tell people why One Kiosk Africa is such a great thing, and also if you are the first in Nigeria or maybe even the first in Africa to have such a platform that they can download on their mobile phones. Thank you very much uh, for that uh, question. So basically, we, we like to say we are the first you know, with the level of social impact that we brought to the um, online retail platform, uh, which some people also call the e-commerce platform here in Nigeria and also in Africa. So why did we even start in the first place? Um, there's a statistics around, you know, job creation in Nigeria, which actually states that about 84% of the jobs created in Nigeria alone are actually created by the micro, small and medium scale businesses. But it's quite unfortunate that out of, you know, every two businesses of three, you know, two out of every three small micro businesses in Nigeria have to shut down within three years. Uh, the challenge, what we dug a bit further, we found out that, you know, they actually have issues around access to market and also access to finance. This is a huge challenge even when we have a huge population that is always growing and always ready to key into the market of the products that these micro, small and medium scale businesses have to offer. The only you know, revelation or the only you know, issue that we found out is the fact that they don't know these small businesses and also the small businesses don't know these you know, buyers. So we decided that let's find a way around this to actually you know, provide a retail platform that can increase the sales revenue of these micro, small, and medium-scale businesses by at least 3x. So our goal, basically, is to make sure that before they met us, perhaps they were doing 100,000. By the time they work with us, within the few weeks or months, they should actually grow their numbers at 3x of what they were doing before. So that would obviously solve the issue of access to market. But we also understand the issue around, you know, access to finance. This is a huge challenge, a very huge challenge. In fact, right now we have a deal to facilitate of over 2.2 billion uh, naira, you know, in terms of, you know, supplies, you know, and you know, I know for sure that you know, trade finance is an issue for this micro, small, and medium scale business. At least I've been operating here for quite a significant amount of time. So basically. The only way they can have access to finance is if they have records. Without records, nobody's going to give them 
money. Nobody's going to give them access to credit. But most of these micro, small, and medium-scale businesses before now do their transactions manually and offline. But with an online platform that they can manage their inventory, they can manage their sales data, they can also project that, okay, I've done this within the last four weeks, four months. You know, what it means is that I have the potential to do X, Y, Z if I have to actually facilitate that flow. That, among other things, were some of the things that inspired us that we should actually drive a platform, a retail platform that can give these micro, small, and medium-scale businesses, connecting them to their online customers and then giving them access to finance from their sales data. We started this out in 2019, July, with our first pilot in July, and it's been very awesome and fantastic. I can tell you that the numbers have grown, you know, geometrically. You know, we closed up last year amazingly with close to, you know, just below uh, $1 million, you know, in transaction volume that went through our platform. This year, we already have done over 70 million and we already have a pending supply deal of 2.2 billion. That just shows the huge potential that the African market actually holds. But just so that we don't just talk about money, money, the social impact side of what our business actually brings to bear and why is it even different from the regular e-commerce platforms or retail platforms that have come before us. Most of them actually focus on just you know, individuals and also big guys. We are bringing it down to the grassroots. We are engaging with informal retailers, bridging the digital literacy gap, and then connecting them online. So this is also helping us be able to curb the issue of trust. Because for now, most of the quality assurance issues are always, you know, top-notch on the customer's, you know, uh, mind, where they are not even sure of where they are buying from. You know, it can just be a ghost in us. But right now, we are working with these micro, small, and medium-scale businesses who work tirelessly to have stores, you know, to connect them online and then give them access to market. What this has also done is that it has created over 1,000 indirect jobs. And then through those people who pick up these orders within various communities, we've been able to create over 200-plus direct jobs. Imagine if we expand both, you know, <laughs> across Africa, you know, we have the potential, obviously, to create the next one million jobs. Thank you. So so let, let's just, let's even, why I think it was so great and where I read it was how we made it in Africa. Um, I was, I, I'm a subscriber there and, I, and I've had um, the founder on as well, is you are causing, uh, you are creating a solution that I personally have had in Cameroon when we're in Cameroon, where at night, if you need, you know, I have little kids. So if the little kids stuck up the toilet, especially little American kids who use too much toilet paper like I did, and you need a plunger, instead of going from store to store to store, like my father-in-law and I had to go, I can geotrace where that product may be. So that saves me a lot of time and where Americans and many Europeans are used to using a service like Yelp. And I'm sure you're familiar with yours is for Africa because Yelp is yet not in um, any of the four African countries that I have been able to go to. Um, it's not even in, I believe, Malta, you know, um, it, it's it, it's certain places. Yelp's just not there. So you solve that problem. But you tapped into something I didn't even know that 
the finance. So can people then invest into these companies, find them, and then invest into these small companies? Is that something that, um, am I right when I, did I hear you correct? Yeah, so that is possible through our partner uh, companies. So because we are more like um, a, a platform that facilitates this, you know, so they could actually work with our partners. We have uh, two partners at the moment who actually, you know, have a huge chunk. We have Finanza, we have RLM. So if you want to work, you know, to actually like, you know, invest, you know, and then finance some of these guys who are obviously going to have their data, you know, before they give them money. In fact, for Finanza, I can tell you that Finanza uses a plugin of AI to also, you know, run through this data and then give them, you know, um, you know, access to credit based on the projections and results that they have. So, you know, those opportunities are opened and, uh, you know, the beauty of it is that Africa is still, you know, on the top. Africa is still in the infancy, you know, stage and it can act. In fact, Africa is the future and we're actually in the future already. Let me just cap it that way. Yes. I always tell people when they say Africa is the future, I say the future is now. So, you know, and if you yeah. go there, you'll you'll see. I actually tell people when they say, where are you from? I say I'm from Oconda. That's Oakland. After you've seen Black Panther, because that's just how I, I see it. Like I, I'm born in America. But when I'm in Africa, wherever I'm at, I feel I feel good. I haven't felt, you know, I feel like this is where I belong. So it is definitely the now now. I want to know, how did you create this? Because you're a young man like myself. And when you had this idea, family and friends probably said, oh, hold on, you're crazy. Where you went to college, they probably said, come on, man, just, you know, focus on working for somebody. There'll be a good government job. Do that through the government. And you already know there's that stigmatism in Nigeria of everything is 419 when you talk about stuff like this. So how did you put it together on, on not just paper, but what type of team did you have to grab angel investors or venture capitalists and you know explain to us thank you very much um i think this journey has been quite amazing because uh, my entrepreneurial life actually started you know way back as when i was as, as as far as i can remember i was i was seven years old i was actually assisting my parents in in so many you know business ventures that they had and um going into uh uh, college, you know, during my undergraduate studies, I could remember making sure that, oh, I, once my parents settled my school fees, the remaining of, you know, taking care of myself was on me. I needed to make sure that I was okay and I needed to make sure that I could focus on my academics. So I started out by saying, okay, what do I have? You know, and I think really that's one of the reasons why I have a strong passion for small and medium scale businesses and also buying and selling because is really, really something that everybody does every day. So what I started out with was to say, what do, do I have far back as college? You know, and I said, okay, I have this, you know, iPod. Those were the days of iPod, you know, when iPod really came out. And I said, okay, I could, I could negotiate, you know, and sell this for a higher price. I did that and I added money, you know, from the profit and I threw it back into the business. From one iPod, I was selling 10 iPods. From 10 iPods, I was selling both accessories of iPods and I was also selling other, you know, gadgets. And before, before long, I saw that there was a huge volume and I replicated that same success, uh, you know, flow. But as usual, like you said, I graduated with first class in accounting. 
I'm, I'm associated or affiliated with most of the professional institutions for management, accounting to uh, management consulting. I have all the you know professional you know um, affiliations in that sense. So, typically, uh, everybody will think you go get a job, they'll go maybe perhaps even lecture or something. I just had this burning desire that I could do more. I could do more than just sitting, you know, in the nine to five. I could impact my world. I could create more jobs, even far more than, you know, what, you know, it would be in terms of in a nine to five, uh, you know, environment. That, that's not to say a nine to five environment is not good, but I just felt I could do more. And that actually led me to, you know, starting out, you know, my first venture, which was obviously... Home Tutors Nigeria, where I was connecting uh, tutors, you know, to, you know, um, you know, verify tutors to parents, you know, and well, like any, you know, young entrepreneur, uh, I was, you know, overloaded with a lot of requests that I could even handle. Uh, at some point, I took up a particular uh, request, you know, personally, you know, to actually take that, um, you know, uh, child, uh, who obviously also was also an undergraduate. And that led me to, there's a popular market called a co market. You know, it's a very big market. I can tell you that millions of dollars go out of that market every day you know, in terms of transaction volume. You know, <laughs> so that led me to go into that market, you know, every um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That means three times a week. And anytime I go into that market, what I see is opportunity. I see money. I see people moving out with a lot of, you know, effort, you know. But I also understood something. This is for a segment of people that actually even understand the opportunity. What about we take this opportunity and open it up for a whole lot more people? It's going to create jobs, it's going to reduce poverty, and it's going to change and digitize the whole retail flow. So what I did was to, you know, approach some of these you know, vendors, and I told them, why don't I work with you in terms of showcasing your product online? You know, so I started, you know, taking pictures and then putting up their products online. And then before long, they even got more orders, you know, to add up with they already currently have the people who come in store. So basically, that was how it started. Uh, but in 2018, I decided to lead the ProView team and that same 2018 was a year that the likes of Conga, you know, and a whole lot of other e-commerce platforms were shutting down or maybe getting acquired or getting, you know, you know, they had a lot of challenges. That was a turbulent year for that particular retail space. And OLEX and GG, some of them had exit out of Nigeria. And I said, okay, how do we then support these small and medium scale businesses? Somebody needs to use a model that can work for Africa can be tweaked for Africa, can be molded for Africa, you know, and that was actually what bettered one cares. And that is why we are also very sensitive about our geolocation-based, you know, future, because that easily connects and that also bycodes the issues around logistics, because logistics is a big challenge even up to now in Africa, in Nigeria, and in various other, you know, regions. So for me, I needed to create... I needed us to create a channel that can actually bycott some of these issues and still become profitable. So I talked to a few friends, obviously uh, my CTO at, at Provin. I told him, let's let's make this happen. And we went about 
you know, doing some little surveys just to understand if people were going to be receptive to a new model, you know, that was crafted out, you know, to actually solve the existing challenge. And then by July 2019, with just a landing page, you know, that had Google Forms attached to it, we decided to say, let's test. We started with just food to see would people be interested in ordering food from the closest, you know, vendor without them having to walk down to that store, you know. And then we saw that within less than 24 hours, we were getting orders over 500. And we're like, wow, that is just a validation ready for this kind of system. We found out that, you know, the market was ripe enough, at least for us to, you know, launch out. And then we said, okay, how do we take this, you know, to the next level? Because it wasn't sustainable to be manually matching, you know, stores, you know, with, you know, customers, you know, uh, with a Google form that we started out with, because that's what we had, you know, in terms of resources. So, um, you know, we started out by saying, okay, let's, let's take a leap, you know, and just be confident, you know, mobilize, employ. <laughs> it's quite funny, though, but that's what we did. We, we, we brought in some group of developers, you know, mobilize them and said, see, how much do you want to take? I'm going to pay you after the project, you know, but we didn't have money, but we just believed that money was going to come. Um, you know, we brought them together in my house, you know, powered the generator, all the stuff, due to power issues and all that. Give them food so that at least they are comfortable and they won't think about the money for so long, at least spending when they finish the project. And then, um, you know, we started out, you know, the development of the software alongside the CPU. And uh, that's, you know, actually started out. Then it came to the point whereby we needed to pay. And I was like, how do I, how do, I do this? Because obviously, yes, the business was still moving, but it wasn't generating as heavy as, you know, we wanted it to be then. Uh, so we said, uh, obviously, for the landing page, we're still using. So we said to ourselves, okay, what do we do? So I, one day I just decided that, okay, I have quite a lot of people within my network. Why don't we try it out? So I posted on my social media and I said, I need $10,000 to offset these guys. Mm -hmm. This thing is going to be the next big thing. And somebody just commented and said, check your inbox. And within 48 hours, the money was in my hand. And then I cleared everybody. And then the web app was ready by January. You know, this was sometime around uh, December 2019. And by, by January, uh, the web app was ready. And then coincidentally, COVID came, you know, and it gave us, you know, a better opportunity to actually, you know, build on what we have and then also massively roll out you know, other new product lines, you know, that can actually capture the market. So basically that's how we started and that's how we've also grown and also had other angel investors, you know, who have, you know, identified us and believed in what we are doing. God is good all through that story. And I mean, to go out and find somebody to work for you just on faith alone, then to have to believe that I can get this money and you put the call out and it just came. I mean, that that stuff like not out of movies, but out of scripture, you know, things that just happen when you're do working in your purpose. So congratulations to you on that. Yeah. Now, when you do take these investors, because this is a very um, common mistake many you know new entrepreneurs make when you take on these investors, maybe that 
10,000 might have been just a love offering, but investors want their money back. So have you been able to get to that stage where we've taken investment and then we've made it worth their while for investors? Oh, definitely. We've been able to, um, you know, grow our, our current, you know, investors, you know, funds, you know, if, if they actually want to cash out right now, you know, by, you know, 3x already. Uh, we intend to grow that to over 5x or even 10x and even 100x as we go. But basically right now we are, we are profitable uh, as it is, but we want to expand. We want to, you know, achieve more. Like I said, we, we have quite a huge, you know, um, numbers that are growing by the day. And at the same time, we, have, we still have a huge, you know, regions that we have not fully tapped in. So basically... You know, when we did our strategy session earlier this year, we saw that we could actually do averagely six billion, you know, within within a month, you know, if we really put our mind to it and we have the capacity to actually extend. Because really, you know, like I said, we already have a supply that we're already doing for two point. We've done seventy already million, and then we have a two point two already billion which we can actually close up if we have the funds because we also need funds to facilitate some of this stuff you know uh, before the ending of this month so basically that's what that's what we want to do and uh, we are very excited about uh the, the who have actually embraced us earlier you know in, in our growth process but i can tell you the fact that you know our business model is so exciting so amazing that you know, even the exit strategy was thought about even from the onset. You know, we had our exit strategy right from the beginning. We have a lot of value chain players who might want to embrace us both globally and locally at the right time. But for now, we want to disrupt the space. We want to keep disrupting the space, depending where we want to have that conversation. So for any investor, obviously, they are working with a team of passionate people, not just for the money, but also the impact that we are creating within our community. But in terms of the return on investment, we are also giving them a top-notch, you know, um, you know, uh, long-term, medium-term, you know, um, exit plan. You know, already talked about. And if you're taking investment dollars now, how much um, or where can people find out even more information? But for how much before they even send an email out, should they be willing to invest? And, you know, for how long should they be willing to hold? Because you have everyone, it seems now, wants to be like an investor, but they need to understand the rules and that it's high risk, you know, and even stock. If you're on the stock market, that's a high risk, but this is higher risk than that. But the payout is so much sweeter. So where should they be at in dollars or in Naira? You you pick. Okay, so because um, right now we're trying to close up, you know, a current round of $500,000. And uh, we currently have commitments of um, $150,000. Uh, even as of today, I was still engaging with about two you know, uh, investors, you know, who are looking to actually state their, their level of commitment uh, before the end of next week in terms of how much are they bringing in. So basically, it would be fair to say an average ticket size of 50000 you know, to actually join this current round would be interesting to do. And we're looking to close this up before the end of Q1 this year so that we can fly, you know, and, and, and deliver more dividends 
in which I invested. Okay, I think what you're doing, I mean, it, it's amazing on so many different levels. And, and I know you're not, you know, on the stock market yet. But when it is, this is, I, I told my audience when I found out, and I found out late about Jumia, but I bought Jumia when it was $5 or less. And now we see, and even Africans told me, don't buy that. Jumia's going down. It's And now, you know, it's doing well in the stock market. But stock is one of those things where I don't look at it. You buy and invest in what you believe in for what you can afford. So I love that. I want to tap in, though, and let people know who you are, because some folks may say, oh, he kind of looks like I don't know the guy's name. I know he didn't finish high school. He dropped out, but he's the richest man in Africa. You guys should know the man's name. He's the king of seamen in Nigeria. But they might think, you know, you're um, you're his son. Um, but I want to know what was your upbringing? You said your parents were entrepreneurs, but did you serve in the national youth service Corps? You know, how many papers did you write? I mean, I just kind of want to know how privileged you were in creating this or how difficult it was because you did have to, you know, serve in the NYSC where many folks in the West, they're like, wait, you had to serve. What do you mean? You're, you're a genius. Why, why did you go even do that? So ex- explain, you know, coming up, how, how you came up. Thank you very much. I think um, for me, I, I grew up in a, in a middle class. I was privileged to grow up in a middle class. Uh, my parents were averagely uh, in a stable. Uh, but, you know, um, along the line, uh, my dad lost his job. And uh, obviously that's, you know, early on, you know, made us to, you know, grow pretty fast. And by privilege, I was also privileged to go to one of the best schools, uh, high schools, you know, called Nigeria Military School. Uh, so by privilege, you know, I also served in the Nigeria Army briefly uh, before actually venturing out. So obviously for me, I have military background in terms of discipline, in terms of leadership, in terms of ability to execute. You know, that was actually instilled in me at a very early stage. And um, uh, by privilege also, um, we, we earned, you know, in terms of money at the early stage. While we were in secondary school, which is high school, uh, we were being paid uh, a monthly stipend allowance, which also then also made that responsibility to value money, you know, to come early. You know, you know, to, to, to me and to, you know, other colleagues, you know, who went through military school uh, in Nigeria. Yeah. So basically for me, uh, it was a mix of both ups and down growing up, but it also, you know, quickly, you know, made me to be able to take responsibilities for my future. It helped me to be able to take responsibilities, to be able to direct where I want to be and how I want to get there. Because, um, you know, the future of the future that we talked about yesterday is today. And the future we're going to talk about you know, tomorrow is going to be shaped by what we do now. So basically for me, those were some of the things that actually shaped me up early in life. And uh, by privilege, you know, I went to a private school, but like I said, I, I practically took care of all my, um, you know, living expenses, you know, to go through that school. And uh, I still managed, you know, to finish top of, of my class, you know, with the first class. So uh, that was something that, you know, uh, when I look back at, I'm always proud of. 
uh, after after college to also write a book as a way of giving back. I'm always fond of giving back actually, you know, to my community. So I wrote a book and I distributed over 1,000 copies, uh, you know, to various high institutions here in Nigeria. Uh, during my youth service, I was privileged to go and motivate a lot of students, engaging them, telling them how they can actually, you know, build leadership for us, their business for us, and also excel academically while in school, because those were some of the things I did while in school. So I wanted to pass on that uh, and that information back. No, that that's great. And talking about passing that information back, I ask every guest, you know, what is their community give back that they are doing? And you've shared some of that, <laughs> but also what do you plan to do in the future, um, you know, as a community give back? All right. So basically uh, at one kiosk, you know, part of what um, the goal right from the onset was in terms of the social impact is to ensure that we actually align to at least achieving one third of the projections that was done by the Boston Consulting Group. So sometime around um, 2019, early 2020, uh, BCG, that Boston Consulting Group, had released a report saying that e-commerce actually has the potential to create 3 million new jobs by 2025. One kiosk want to be part of those companies that can be looked back to that we actually contributed towards at least 1 million of those jobs directly and indirectly. So, you know, part of our vision, you know, is actually to be part of those, you know, technology companies, to be that, you know, retail technology company that is actually driving inclusive economic growth and job creation. You know, so inclusive growth in terms of anywhere we operate in, we want to see that, you know, relationship between when we, before we got there and when we got there, how the economy has grown, you know, and when we got there, how the jobs have been created in terms of how people have been gainfully employed. Because if we're able to work closely with these micro, small and medium scale businesses, they are the future. These small and medium scale businesses have the potential to employ, to employ two, three people, averagely. But apart from that, the government can now have a comprehensive database of these businesses. They can plan, they can support, and they can also project that in the next five years, this is the revenue that can actually you know, be generated from these businesses. There's no longer going to be how do we you know, uh, understand the needs of this you know, small businesses because now there's a platform that you can connect directly with them and engage them effectively. Credit facilities can now be rooted, you know, because now you now have data to actually qualify whether or not they have the potential to pay back. So there's a whole lot of amazing things that we can do. And for me, you know, that goal of making sure that by 2025, even though at one case we gave ourselves 24 actually, just a year b- before 2025. So um, we believe that you know by 2025 we should have contributed to the next one million jobs. But apart from that, I'm very passionate about young people because I'm also young and by privilege, you know, I've I've been able to do quite some significant uh, you know um, platforms or being on various platforms. So I want to help and raise the next generation of young people, vibrant people who are not just self-centered, who are not just thinking about being entitled because 
I wasn't having that feeling of entitlement. I had to go there and make it happen. You know, so we have a lot of Generation Z and a whole lot of them growing up and they have this entitlement. I want to be able to give them that inspiration that they can secure their future without any form of entitlement, without any form of thinking that, oh, they're going to give it to you on a platter of gold. You need to go after it and you need to achieve it. And I also volunteer on various platforms like Bikini Lumelu to support other young entrepreneurs like myself, to also like knowledge exchange centers, to support fresh graduates and share my knowledge, share what I know and try to help them to point you know, uh, the future for themselves. You guys, it's free to download. I've downloaded it even here, just, you know, just to kind of see. And I believe even for sellers, you're not charging them. And you correct me if I'm wrong, but some sellers out, that is correct. So some folks, um, I I say this is sometimes a black people problem globally. They want to stay off the radar of the government because they don't want to pay the tax. And we know in Africa, tax can be very laxed. So in theory, you getting all these businesses, some people might say, I don't want to be on the radar. He might give this information to the government and then the government can easily contact me. Um, Have you thought about that? Because that's also a big money play for you. If the government says we want to use your services on the back end, like they do with Facebook and so many other platforms. So talk about that, please. Okay, so so the truth is that there's a whole lot of, there's, there's the other side of the business trying to say, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to come on board because I don't want to be on the government radar. But there's also a whole lot of advantage because, so for example, um, I've seen the federal government here in Nigeria, you know, doling out a lot of uh, traders' funds, uh, 10,000, 30,000, uh, and a whole lot of them. But I can tell you for the record that over 50% of these funds don't even get to these retailers, don't even get to these small businesses. They are actually either fine-tuned or siphoned along the line. But with a platform like ours, it's going to get to you. So it's one of those incentives for them to be able to come. And we also know that there are a lot of you know, international organizations who would love to support micro, small, and medium. But if they don't even know how, or you are not even on the platform, how will they connect with you? you know? We know that you know, the United Nations as a whole is trying to ensure that the sustainable development goals are achieved. And part of it is actually poverty eradication. How do we actually achieve poverty eradication? People support these guys. So if you are not there and there's a platform or maybe there's a channel, you know, to actually support those that are there, then they will be missing out. But on the side of, you know, what can be done in terms of the government, they can harness some of this data as we scale up. We are currently on, a, on the point to ensure that we get on board the next 100,000 stores, which will be significantly good because now the government can then support these 100,000 stores to achieve the next milestone. Not just about us, but also for them to be able to know, okay, what can we project from this revenue that these businesses stand to get over the next five years or after the next five years? Who and who do we give tax holidays to? Because yes, we can see what they make and how they make. And from there, we can actually make policies. And that is why we are also passionate about working with some of these government agencies to also, you know, drive and influence, you know, some of the policies to favor the micro, small and medium scale businesses. So we are very close with 
uh, the uh, digital agency, you know, NIDA here in Nigeria, uh, OIE, and a whole lot of state governments, government, you know, the um, Commissioner for, for Commerce, the SA Commerce, Lagos State, you know, uh, you know, a whole lot of them like that, implement, Lagos State Employment Trust Fund, the Lagos Innovate, and a whole lot of them will work with, um, you know, while trying to make sure that they actually drive policies to support these small businesses. But let me also tell you something. On the manufacturer side, now from the data, the manufacturers can also plan because now they know where their products are being consumed more. They can now also assess even the retailers. So the, the opportunity that we is massive. You know, the value chain, you know, cut across a whole lot, you know, but just for time, let me just stop here. No, you know, it is. And we could go on and on because I want people to understand you cannot get full if you do not chop the Gary. You can't eat if you're if, if you're making money and you're not spreading it to, you know, give to Caesar what is his. So if you're making money, why are you worried about tax? You pay your tax and that you can get, you know, resources. I see your platform growing. Now, for those um, who say, okay, I want to see all the businesses that I can invest in, including yours, what are those steps? Because I'm looking on the site and I don't see one for like investors yet. So maybe there's a different site I need to go to. Oh, okay. So uh, basically, you know, for investors, uh, all they need to do is probably just shoot the mail or just, you know, because we have a deal room that we could share and you could get, um, you know, quite a handful of uh, information. Or are you talking about the small businesses? If you're talking about the small businesses, then we could connect you. Uh, with yes. any of those partners, you know, that you can then invest, you know, in. So that can be arranged, you know, after this call or, you know, I'll just give you, you know, some of their, their, their contracts and, you know, they'll just give you access to some of, in fact, I think Finanza still said they have quite a huge chunk of waiting lists. I think about close to almost a thousand, you know, waiting lists that they, they, they are kind of working on. Uh, so I think, you know, you can, you can talk to them and I'm sure you know, we can actually take those conversations forward. But if you want to invest directly in one kiosk, uh, you, you can actually just reach out and then we make, you know, give you access to our deal room after, you know, doing some basic, you know, uh, conversation. And then you could have access to some of our data in terms of what we're doing, our numbers, you know, and some other things that can actually give you that confidence. But also for uh, our global audience, for the U.S. market investors, I can tell you that Africa is the next big thing. Africa is even like the future because some regions have developed to an extent, but because Africa is still developing, there's still room for a whole lot of massive growth. And part of the decisions that we have also done strategically is also to also register a U.S. You know, vehicle. So we also have a U.S. leg that you could invest through you know, to get down into Africa. So you don't need to wire your funds down to Africa. You can invest in the U.S. one kiosk vehicle. We will then, you know, funds, you know, our business here in Africa. So that means you already have partners in the U.S. and, you know, you're, you're, you're no, connected. We're, we're actually fully registered in the U.S. And we have a bank account in the U.S. 
Man, so you guys got the game. I would give you more, but we're going to take it offline because you have got so much game to hear. I mean, whether you are a consumer, an investor, just, you know, whoever you are, a seller, this is enough game for you. All of the One Kiosk Africa links, they'll be in the description box and we'll keep you posted. I, 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 I'm going to talk offline. We're going to get talk about the investing because I have a website called Mall for africa.africa and um that's something that i want to put whatever you have on there but let's talk about that offline like share subscribe people thank you for coming on brother Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.